Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, this is Ruben off this cheek. This is William. I'm Mason Mount. You're listening to the London is Blue podcast. All right, welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon. Joining me, Nick and Dan as well. Guys... It is uh it's going to be a good one today. Obviously reviewing the Southampton match, uh an away day for what looked like a lot of fans out there, Chidge and kind of his neck of the woods, Nick. Um beautiful day out there, 4 for 4 on the trot. Probably a lot of divisive opinions coming at people today, right? You know, I I think I think today we're going to be unified in our approach. We're all going to take a a really easy stroll down uh down the uh the match review and just enjoy it you know it's if you don't take a little bit of time to look around you're just kind of kind of wasting uh a moment there so uh yeah we're going poly positive today everything is gravy wow that was that was so wonderful i think positive gosh so i think actually i'm sad i mean the fact that this is an international break now four on the trot I mean, I would want another match right away. <laughs> I know. Ole, Sol- Ole uh, after the United loss today, was like, oh, what a great time for us. International break. We can sit down, watch some more film, try to figure out what the hell is going on. And, and we're quite the opposite. It's it's four for four. Let's go. Let's let's keep the matches coming. We want to yeah. uh, continue. We, we'd play tomorrow if we could. For, Without a for doubt. Ole, is it time uh, for them to look at a replacement? You know, I, I thought about that, too. Maybe it's the perfect time for them to make a change at this point in the season. Uh, But anyways, uh, for this episode, the overall theme of today's show is going to be coming of age. 
Uh, I don't know why you just didn't put puberty, Nick, but that's fine. Um, let's see. Today's topics. What does it mean to have an actual potent attack again? And how does it compare to the rest of the league's attacks? We're going to talk about which key players are proving Lampard right with their consistent selection. And they'll wrap it up with key cameos and what we thought of Lampard's squad management and substitutions. Obviously, we're keeping that one as a, a bit of an active thread from the last episode, mainly just to you know, keep tabs on Lamps. How's he doing? How's he doing from a managerial standpoint? Uh, Dan, before we get into this, uh, you know, heads up to all of you out there listening. We haven't done iTunes reviews in a while. (laughs) Well, to to be fair, we were traveling. And when you travel, you get out of your your typical routine. You have to adjust some things. You know, you don't use maybe, you have to use the travel size portions of the toiletries. So we left some of our Apple podcast reviews. We let them collect a little bit and now we're going to share love for those people who gave us some five-star reviews pro tip if you leave a five-star review on apple podcast we'll give you the shout at the beginning of the episode i mean nick's mom even left one this Let, time no let's there was let's a, talk no, no, about no 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 no, 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 no let's no, talk no, about this, this first time. one the first this one is your the, time this, this is the time now this the this first one time. is is what Senator? we need to do Senator? oh geez let's sort it out i'm actually going to shout out my buddy eric who left me a, a very positive review it's been a while since i've had one of those so um <laughs> very excited about that and um yeah, my mom doesn't use Apple Podcast, Dan, so uh, back to you with the rest of these terrible reads. Yeah, that, uh, very convincing. Awesome. Good, 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 good stuff. Uh, the High Notes, uh, Gabe Higgins, Mason's Papa, D.S. Uh, Polonico, Ryan McGrath, Jackson M.K. Blues, uh, Milwaukee Blues there, uh, Jay Wood, hi, Duke, Duke Boy Fresh, and then Big K. Jones, 11-1-1-2-2-4-4. All leaving five star reviews along with Nick's mom, and that is quite a wonderful. My buddy bit of Eric, actually, but I'm glad we have to do this all over again. You're you're making this part really enjoyable. All right, well, Patreon, a huge thank you to Ty, John, and Galen. Obviously, we got to hang out with Galen yeah. in the flesh in London. So super blessed to uh, to have you join in the Patreon squad. I gotta I gotta hang out with John and KC too. So it's awesome to make these connects. Yeah, I love it. All right, Nick, you going to round it off before we get into the match review with some promotional codes. That's right. Uh, World Soccer Shop. Contest is live. Yeah, we're crushing it. You guys are just doing the uh, the Lord's work on the entries. So uh, what we are asking to do um, for the uh, extremely cool prize of a home away and third shirt um, that will go to three lucky winners, we want you to post the best memory that you have from Chelsea's Road to Munich in 2012 um we have established that if you enter via social and comment in the thread that you'll get an entry and that if you are so bold and so courageous as to leave us a voice memo on anchor uh you will get three bonus entries for doing that because it's just really cool we want to we want to hear from you guys so um if you enter um and especially on the voice side we'll let you know um you know, as we kind of put our, our Munich series together, if it's something that we would potentially want to use in that, which could be a cool little bonus for you. Um, but go enter that contest. It's awesome. It will be ending this Wednesday uh, upcoming. So you have a little bit of time, but we want to want to give it a long week and uh, make sure that we got that. If you're shopping for a new shirt, World Soccer Shop, London Pod for 10% off. And then Talisman Caps, you know, London Blue 10 is the code. That's 10% off $35 or yeah, $35 or more. 
And then uh, we're going to hopefully have a contest uh, coming with them soon too. So lots of good stuff, Brandon, but um, just a shout to those partners. Okay, for those who entered on Instagram, uh, we have a little bit of a scenario happening. Um, we're trying to get our account figured out. We know that there were about 100 entries on Instagram. So if you could go leave a voice memo on Anchor or go on Twitter or Facebook and, and resubmit your entry, we don't want those to get lost. We're just having a little bit of trouble with our Instagram right now and hope to get that sorted ASAP. But in the meantime and in between time, we want to make sure that you're counted. So uh, do that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump into the match review. It was Southampton Premier League match at St. Mary's. It was this past Sunday and the scoreline was Southampton 1, Chelsea 4. So just to run through the goals so you know who was on the score sheet in the 17th minute, Tammy Abraham opening up the scoring and then shortly after that Mason Mount in the 24th minute uh, Southampton get one back in the 30th through Danny Ings before N'Golo Kante in the 40th minute deflection goal take the 3-1 lead and then Mishi Batshuayi in the 89th minute and loving the Captain America Batman uh, collabs Dan I know you even thanked the studios for allowing that to happen today um, so you can, go ahead and, you can go ahead and talk about that and, uh, jump right into lineups. Yeah. So we saw the return of the four, two, three, one Keppa in between the sticks, obviously Marcus Alonso, Kyle Tomori, Kurt Zuma, and Cesar Aspilicueta make up your back four. We saw Jorginho and N'Golo Conte, super healthy, super fit back in the 11. We had William Mesa Mount and Hudson Adoy as that three all behind, our number nine, my number nine, your number nine, Tammy Abraham. The bench consisted of Andres Christensen, Ross Barkley, Will Caballero, Reese James, who were all unused substitutes, and Mateo Kovacic. Mishi Bashwai and Christian Pulisic all got a chance to get a run out today. All right, top-level stats, 13 shots, 7 on target for Chelsea, 10 and 3 on target for the Saints. Chelsea with 57% possession. Uh, and a 74% pass accuracy, which I say because it's a bit lower than what it has been for most of the season. Chelsea with a slightly higher 15 fouls to Southampton's eight. Jorginho picking up our only yellow card and our four corners to their three. Uh, so again, just a little bit of context before we jump into it, Nick, with the first one is what is it like to have an attack that for the most part is firing on all cylinders while we haven't scored as many goals in the Premier League as City, who are on 27, or Liverpool, who are on 20. We are the third highest scoring team with 18. Well, <laughs> I mean, this is probably, you know, I think the most attractive you know, attacking football that we've seen in quite some time. And that's that's not a slight at Maurizio Sarri or, you know, even at, you know, when, when Conte's 3-4-3 was really humming, we, we played some good football there too. But uh, it's it's unique. It's fun. It's interesting. You know, every game's, you know, uh, to me, Frank picking the lineup, there's a myriad of things that could happen now. Whereas, you know, we kind of got set into every player having a specific role last year and only like one of them had goal scoring as a requisite um, task during the game, and that was really Eden Hazard. So it's uh, it's really great, and you know I think what's interesting, Dan, about Tammy today is he scores a really weird one, um, one that he hustled for that you know 
we've seen some of those go over the bar before, but I'm, I'm giving him credit for the hustle. And obviously it goes in and that's it. You know, of all the goals he scored, you know, he's eight in the league. I feel like every match he's scoring a different kind of goal, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about Mishi as Batman. We're talking about Christian Pulisic as Captain America. Or, yeah, I think the Chelsea FC and USA account called him Robin. And, I mean, he, he Tammy Abraham has a tool belt, man. He has a litany of ways that he is going to score goals on you and is continuing to find a different way of scoring and matches. And I mean, this is all you want from a striker. You want the ability to score with regularity. You want them to be able to score whatever way they can get the ball into their feet. And I mean, look, you know, he now has nine goals across all competitions. It's actually the joint most of any Premier League player in 2019, 2020 next to Raheem Sterling. And that's, you know, from comparison sakes, Brandon, that's a pretty nice person to be compared to in terms of goal scoring tally. Not bad. At Opta Joe saying nine, Tammy Abraham has now scored nine goals in all competitions this season, the joint most of any Premier League player in the 2019 2020 season, alongside Raheem Sterling Lions. Isn't, isn't that Aguero, though? I'm pretty sure he's tied with Aguero. Anyways. Uh, at Nami, well, he's, a tie, he's tied with Aguero in the Premier nine League. Nine in all competitions? Well, Aguero has eight. I don't oh. think he's played. They haven't scored in the... He hasn't scored in the Champions League. Well, anyways, uh, from Nami Foti, our friend Newman on Twitter saying, Tammy Abraham in the Premier League this season. His expected goals, 4.68. His actual goals, 8. He's scored that many in 587 minutes played this season, which means a goal every 73 minutes so far. Uh, his today's goals and the goal against Norwich from outside the box are the two clear examples of how he's outperforming his expected goals chart. So uh, let all the stato nerds break that down. But if someone, he's scoring almost double what a regular striker in his situations would have scored. I mean... <laughs> in every 73 minutes that's unprecedented nick yeah it, it's it's really interesting though too because it's you know he's obviously uh carrying the mantle for the kind of finishing finishing the move but the moves have been different too mm-hmm. uh you would say at the very start of this game it was southampton on the front foot and chelsea kind of counterattacking for the first time in quite some time right like um, typically Chelsea own the ball. They, they move into the opponent's half. It's, you know, they're runners in behind. There's a bunch of stuff happening. And the, you know, Tammy's goal today was a complete counterattack. It was a long ball from Hudson Adoy, and it, you know, absolutely took a weird bounce that only his lanky self could get to. And, um, and then he kind of chipped it over and it, and it went across the line. So, you know, I think the what's what's interesting to me about the way Chelsea are playing offensively right now is that the ball, like there is no set pattern, right? That you can get attacked from anywhere in this lineup. You can get attacked from N'Golo Conte running through the middle and doing all sorts of saucy things. You can get attacked from Mason Mount playing balls in behind. You can, you know, now get attacked from Willian, who has been hustling all over the field. It's not just Tammy, although Tammy is obviously doing a really great job of finishing these moves. It's it's all over the place, and and I think that's you know if if you're a, an opponent of Chelsea, Dan coming up, you know it has to be very intimidating to try and prepare your backline to deal with all of the fluctuating moves. And the one thing that's interesting as well is that so Costa 
in his first run of games in the Premier League, ended up with nine goals before the first international break. So Tammy is only one goal off of what Diego Costa did in that 14-15 season that we all uh, know and love with that kind of high high octane start, start to it. So Tammy acclimatizing in, in a very similar fashion to the Premier League. And it's going to be, I think it has to be scary for other teams who are starting to look at the neighbors right now, right? As the title race starts to change and shift a little bit, as we have a really good weekend with City losing, with United losing, with Tottenham losing, that you know all favors us very, very well. Those teams have to be looking at us saying, wow, okay, they actually, we thought scoring was going to be the problem for them, and it actually isn't, and they're getting really good at it. That's a problem for us and our aspirations. So, I mean, I think Brandon, just in general, I feel really great about what Tammy's doing, what he's contributing, and his consistency, and I feel really good about having him in my fantasy Premier League team too, which is the the pro move. Yeah, I did Captain. that. Told you I, I did. did it. <laughs> Finally. So uh, I love how Lampard is managing him as well. So this is from the at Chelsea FC Twitter account. Quote, Lampard says Abraham's goal was the product of his confidence at the moment and the hard work he puts into the boss will keep on at him because he wants more, end quote. And I even listened to the post-match press conference and people were kind of like, oh, well, hey, how's it going with him? What, uh, what, uh, you know, was he injured at the end? Why'd you sub him off? And I like how uh, Lampard even goes, I think he just wanted to, to be clapped off the field, so he subbed him. That's why he was asking for a sub. So he's having fun with them. He's playing with them. You know, he's been there. He knows what's going through their mind. Um, and I he's just think also that- he's also getting hit now too. I mean, like he took a couple of hard ones today. Like the the one where he grabbed his back, he got launched into as he was trying to back into the you know to receive the ball. Yeah, he got clattered into. Had to have a terrible Charlie horse uh, earlier in the match too. So it's. You know, he's definitely taking lumps now, um, which I think is going to be really interesting to just kind of watch. You don't, you know, you want to play the hot hand, Brennan, but you don't necessarily want to play it to the point where, you know, he has to take a few matches off just due to fatigue or getting kicked or whatever. He's going to have to adapt. He's going to have to find a way to sustain uh, and not take too many hips. Absolutely. Uh, another one, Mason Mount, who we've gotten to uh, read his name off many times on the score sheet this season, which is fantastic. This might surprise you. Going back to at Opta Joe here, three Mason Mount has scored three goals in four away appearances in the Premier League this season, as many as he managed in twenty away league games for Derby last season, including the playoffs. Developed is what they're going with. And Dan, I tell you what, uh, Mason, it, it was such a great move for that second goal too. Um, the intricate passing, you know, William able to slot him in. He takes the touch across the defender. So that way it's just him and Gunn, who, by the way, Gunn had a great day in that today uh, as well, even though he gave in four. Uh, and the Mason Busby just, curse. <laughs> thank gosh it didn't <laughs> haunt us today. Uh, but yeah, and Dan, anyways, I thought he took it superbly well. We can see from the photo here in the Opta Joe tweet, he's got his head down, knee over the ball. He's placing it with the inside of his foot. Yeah, it was a great, great, uh, great shot, great goal. Probably could have had a second one in this match, too, that he just decided to, to sky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but look, you, you have to get into position. You have to be able to put yourself in those situations to take the shot and make the opportunity. And, you know, credit to him for continuing to find himself in those situations. He also, in his goal, he was the one who kept the ball in play 
knocked it back to Jorginho. Jorginho gets it to William. William gets it back to Mason. And he's able to convert that goal. So I think he's finding ways to be impactful in all areas of the pitch. And I think it's it's similar to William, right? There are people like, why isn't Mason getting rested? Why is he getting rotation yet? I mean, these are three critical away points in the Premier League, and you can't take any of that for granted. I mean, you look at other teams this weekend and the teams that they've lost to, you know, United losing to Newcastle, like that was three points that they probably took for granted. And now they're looking up. I mean, they're, they're going to have to go like to a chiropractor to get their neck adjusted again, because like all it is, is just looking up now. Well, it's, it's what we talked about when we did our season preview too, right? We kind of looked at the last few seasons of where the top four finished points wise and had kind of come to some sort of, you know, recognition that it's 70, 75 points kind of squarely puts you in the top four, just depending on the year. Now that that could be way different this year. So don't hold me to that. But, you know, for Chelsea, who, you know, I did not expect to be in the top four. um, I think it's a race to 75. You know, it's how quickly can you get to 75? You know, because I think, you know, I don't, I don't think a title challenge is on. Like, let's keep reasonable expectations of a very young group. But I think for, for Frank Lampard to really make a charge at Champions League, given the other team's stumbles, Brandon, this is going to be really interesting. I mean, it's, it's almost as if uh, the other teams that, that we thought would be in the title challenge, uh, you know, Sands Leicester, I guess, who are, who are legit, are completely falling off. It's like a replay of last season at the end of the year. Um, and so it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, does Arsenal hold, does Man United fire their manager now? Does, when? does Poch, does Poch get another two weeks? I mean, who would have fucking thought that at the beginning of the season? You know, I think everything is kind of interesting and Chelsea just need to quietly hum along and get these points and, just see how it goes because it's really interesting right now. It, it absolutely is. I Man, I kind of glanced down at the table, you know, and uh, it's a weird season, even this early. You know, Norwich, they're they're in the relegation zone. We all have Pookie in our fantasy team. Some of you know us have Cantwell. Like they they they've lost four of their last five. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the Everton lost four of the last five. Southampton lost three of the last five. It's there's a lot of big teams. Newcastle, they're going down. That is a sinking ship, even though they beat United today. Um, it's just it's a it's an opportunistic table, right? And as long as you take your chances, get the points, um, we're setting ourselves up to be in a really good position at the table. And a huge part of that, again, you know, Matt Law tweeting, who would have thought a transfer ban would have been the best thing ever for Chelsea Football Club? Bring in Frank. You give Tammy a chance, you give Mason a chance, Callum resigns, Ruben is coming back from injury. It's just a, a young spine to this team, and uh, it's playing out brilliantly right now. Um, but there's also a lot more to go. Uh, the next one being Callum Hudson Rodoy, who we just talked about, got us, what is his first 90 minutes in the Premier League, I'm pretty sure, this season. Not quite 90. That's right. He did get subbed off at the very end. Yep. Um, you know, so at Squawka saying Callum Hudson-Odoi has been directly involved in a goal in each of his four appearances so far this season. 
Goal against Scrimsey should have been a hat trick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> assist versus Brighton, assist versus Lille, assist versus Southampton. It's like he's never been away. Oh, but he has, Nick. He very much has been away. We all remember when he limped off the field and, and took many months off. Well, well, he could have had two today. I mean, if not for a lack of finishing in front mm-hmm. of net, I mean... You know, again, it's it's the Busby curse, but I mean, he could have really added to that total today. And I think what scares what scares Premier League teams is that he was all over the field. Like it, this was not just him staying up front and trying to cherry pick and do all that stuff. He was doing some pretty hard running back. Although I would say William definitely put in a a, a shift. Um, sure did. But it was really interesting because his assist was a long ball. He was in and around the box. He was interchanging. I think him and Mount have started to, to develop a little bit of a relationship, although that'll take some time. Well, so, I mean, it's almost like that was crafted in Cobham. Almost. It almost as if that is crafted in Cobham. Um, so uh, anyway, my, my point is on this. It's, he is, he's not just doing some of the things that we saw from him last year. I think he's being deployed in different areas. There was a... Uh, time at which he and William ended up swapping wings and then, you know, they kind of ran at different sides. So all that being said, you just have to have him make it through these first, this first month or two healthy. And when he takes a challenge, Dan, like he did at the, basically the end of his day, it was super scary to watch him go down like that. And he was grabbing his ankle and I was like, Oh God, like not us. It's it's funny, not in the funny someone's getting injured way, but it's funny how the players we're most concerned about getting injured and their seasons right now are someone like a Tammy Abraham, a Callum Hudson-Odoi, a Mason Mount, players that, you know, if if there was no transfer ban, would probably, you know, be on loan or not playing the amount of minutes that they're contributing currently. So you know, I think Lampard you know, made a call out about Callum Hudson-Odoi saying that the way he's playing right now is how Lampard wants wingers to play for him and that the player is showing that he's nearly back to full fitness. And I would agree that he, you know, definitely benefited from getting, you know, a little rest here at the end of the match, uh, especially after that 50-50 challenge that was a, a little suspect. But, I mean, everything was suspect under Tierney's reign today. So I'm not super surprised about that, Brandon. All right. So, look, with, with Callum, you know, he's still a little... um indecisive especially when he gets inside the box uh he kind of the one time on the breakaway wasn't sure where he wanted to put it uh then he got in and he just got the ball underneath him because he wasn't sure where he's going to go and then he tried to toe bash it through the defenders he just had a couple opportunities that uh, you know again he's almost fully fit like you said dan you know lampard said Uh, it's the mental sharpness right the in-game decision making skills like i tweeted about it too um, and that's only going to come with time and minutes. So the fact that he's doing everything right on and off the ball is good. Uh, his mind will click. He'll get back into it. And it's it's great to see him, you know, out there being super lively, super involved, even though I did tweet that, I, you know, I kind of wanted to be more involved. Dan Silves tweeted me back. It was Alonzo's in his space. Alonzo was up and down the wing today. Couldn't be bothered to play defense. He was out for blood. Um, and I actually thought well, he, he did. Good defense. That's not fair. <laughs> Alonzo played pretty well today. Well, I just mean the fact that he was so eager to get in the attack, right? And the amount of overlaps in, in taking up the space in front of Callum sometimes kind of curbed uh, Callum's ability to get forward. Um, yes, I'm definitely not taking anything away from Alonzo today. We'll touch on him 
uh, in a little bit. But uh, yeah, that, those are kind of my overall things with, with Callum Hudson Adoy. It's still uh, raw potential, looking for more of the end product from him. But again, this would be a huge confidence booster for him heading into the international break. And that's what you need for a guy coming off a, a big injury. Um, so then the the other one, as we wrap this this kind of uh, section up on the attack, is N'Golo Kante, the best center defensive mid in the world that can apparently play offense. Uh, Squawk is saying N'Golo Kante. Best midfielder in the world. You just got to. Well, you know, best, midfielder best footballer in the world. Everyone wants him to play a holding midfield role, and it apparently is not great for him to be shackled and stuck in his own half. I want him to get the number 10 shirt now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you could talk to Wayne about that. So, uh, at Squawk had tweeted, Angola Conte has now scored 10 goals in 148 games across all competitions for Chelsea. Seven of them have come since the start of last season. And he's got this big old shrugging like him and Zuma are having an absolute bro fest in this photo. And I know it's not from today's game. You know how I know, Nick? How do you know? The socks. The socks. Mm-hmm. Blue <laughs> socks today. Eee. I get why. No no part of the uniform can be matching. In Southampton, the home team had white socks, but that all blue just doesn't look right. I don't mind them. I think it looks sharp. Look, you, you have the right to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just playing. Uh, but yeah, it just, it was, yeah, it's a little bit weird when I rolled out of bed to turn the TV on and saw that. Uh, so, anyways, Dan Ngolakante, goal scoring phenom so far this season. Uh, yes, heavily deflected, um, but the amount of space he had, and he took it like a confident, confident player. Yeah, I mean, we need people to take shots from outside the box too. They can't all be just brought into the box and then shot from within six yards, within eight yards. You know, we have to be able to show a little threat beyond that. And look, I mean, he's the third highest goal scorer for us in the Premier League right now. So credit to Angola for continuing to evolve his game. Happy he's healthy and able to contribute. And, yeah, I mean, this is just, it's icing on the cake. If you can get an Angolo goal in a match, Nick, you should probably always win. Yeah, I mean, if if we could talk about Angolo today, I, actually, as much as I loved his goal, I thought he was pretty rough and tumble today. Uh, yeah, I thought, I actually, I thought so too. I think this is the first time I've ever seen him yell at a referee. It was awesome. I like <laughs> I was actually shocked that he was doing like the you know, and like I actually don't think he got carded for like a hundred fouls. Um, which is also very interesting and shows Paul Tierney's absolute um mind numbing game that he had. Um but this was not the finesse Robo leg, you know, all that kind of N'Golo tackling. He was going through people. He actually gave quite the shoulder barge um, to Danny Yings, too. And and Danny Yings is, is a pretty stout guy. So it just looked like he was pissed off all day. And and I loved it. I mean, I, I just, for, for Smiles McGee to turn into a complete uh, wrecking ball on the field uh, was was pretty amazing. So... Uh, just just super happy that he's back and just praying that he stays healthy. Well, I think that, um, yeah, we definitely saw a different side of N'Golo Kante today. A little bit different. I think a little more sloppy. Usually he he plays a much cleaner game, is able to pickpocket. He was much more physical today, which I thought was interesting. So um, I don't know. Hopefully he can settle in. Hopefully he doesn't go away with France. It sounds like Didier Deschamps and uh, Lampard have had a chat 
and uh, hope he can just stay back and recover for a little bit. So overall, looking at our attacking contributions, Tammy uh, is sitting with one assist and, oh yeah, eight goals in the league. Eight goals in the league. Mount, four goals, one assist. Callum Hudson-Odoi, one goal, three assists. Fakayo Tomori getting in here at the goal and assist. Reese James, two assists and a goal. Pulisic, four assists. Our young players are taking charge. Um, so just, I don't want to go through all of the top six attacks here, Dan, but one thing that stands out to me is if you look at City and Liverpool, they have so many more players that have scored this season than the likes of us and Arsenal and then Tottenham are kind of a little bit you know splitting the middle I know that was what I really wanted to call out it's that you know the reason why City and Liverpool are proportionally better from an attacking perspective is that they have you know Mane, Salah, Firmino you know, five, four, three goals in theirs. So they're kind of, you know, they have plenty who have a single goal contribution. Then Aguero at eight, Sterling at six, Bernardo Silva at four, De Bruyne at two, Jesus at two, Mara is at two. There's enough people who are contributing multiple goals. When you look at what's going on at Tottenham, I mean, Tottenham have a five, two, two, two. And then you look at Arsenal, it's seven, two, one. So Arsenal, I think, are probably overperforming where they probably should be. I would say the Spurs are definitely struggling, and we can see it within the results that they're having, Nick. And I think you that... don't say. <laughs> that gives me more confidence that as Callum continues to get healthy, Mason and Tammy continue to, to do what they're doing, that we are actually in a better attacking situation than I think most people think or assume. Because, I mean, Williams only got one so far. Misha's only got one so far. But if they can kind of even contribute in some type of clip, we're going to be in a pretty positive spot from scoring enough goals to get the results we need. Yeah, right. And you, you add in Christian and, you know, you add a Ruben Loftus-Cheek potentially later in the in the season, uh, a guy who had 10, 10 plus goals last year. I mean, I think I think there is a little bit of, of wealth to spread around, which is is nice. You know, it's... You know, I, I think we're very positive right now and we're looking at kind of these inflection points in the year that, you know, right now is a really great time for Chelsea Football Club. It will not always be this rosy, right? We have to kind of understand we, we're taking the good with the bad, but it's I, I, I'm looking at the list and I would struggle to think that all of these players would, would go off the boil at any given point, right? Which I think is what you're hoping for. There, there will be a couple of games where Tammy doesn't score goals this year. And all you can hope is that Mason and N'Golo and Mishi and Willian and all these guys step up in his absence to help create and score goals. So um, all that being said, I'm just I, I'm very happy to see the list kind of expanded. I'm, I'm hoping that we add a couple more young goal scorers to that list uh, as we move through the year. And Finally, Brandon, get Mateo Kovacic a league goal. <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's going to need a few more minutes uh, for that to happen, I think. But uh, indeed, that would be great. Uh, anyway, so that kind of gives us a wrap uh, for the first part of the episode. Again, talking about our potent attack at this point. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we get back. We're going to be talking about William Alonzo, uh, talking about the pulisic Batshuayi combo. And then obviously the Dan of the match poll and uh, what Lamps has been doing. So again, thank you to the sponsor for supporting us. Uh, we will be right back. All right. So here it is. Uh, a lot of love for William today, Nick. Um, 
justifiably so, I would say. He's been on uh, a run of good form lately, and it's really been refreshing to see as someone who predicted him as being our best player this season, uh, feeling (laughs) a little better about that. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I think William put in today the most complete 90 minutes that he's put in for, for quite some time at Chelsea, and... I don't know if it's just a product of him being match fit or that he's really understanding what Lampard wants him to do in the system. But, you know, outside of, you know, his contribution, I just, I love the spirit and the attitude that he seems to be showing. He seems to be gelling with the team. There doesn't seem to be the sulking that we've seen in previous years. And um, I'm, I'm hoping it keeps up because the shift that he put in um, down the wing today was immense. And it was not only from, you know, him getting the assist on Mason's goal, but it was also just the defensive work and work rate that he put in to track back, to, to intercept the ball, to move it forward, to get other players involved. I just thought he was tremendous. And, you know, while the NBC coverage or the, the match coverage from the Premier League, you know, wasn't always great today, the one thing they did get right at the end of the match is that he was the man of the match or, or the Dan of the match in our case. Um, so I, I really, you know, while I said last match, and I think I need to always couch these statements because if people listen to these episodes back to back, they're going to be like, that guy's a moron. Well, you're right, but not for the reasons that you're thinking. Um, I, I was looking for him to be more involved in the final third. And I think the assist to Mason today proves that he still has that in his game. Um, be honest, like his goal against Brighton, pretty lucky. Um, his goal against Lille, not so lucky, very, very good. Um, his assist today, very, very good. His track back was great. You know, he seems to be pretty cemented in the front three, Dan. And, you know, if he has performances like that, you know, we're going to be in okay shape. Yeah. The big challenge that, or the big narrative online before this match is, you know, why is William getting this time? Why is Christian not getting minutes? And I think that's not something that we fed into on our last episode. I mean, the post Lille discussion where we talked about, you know, what's going on with Christian and why he hasn't played yet. And I mean, you look at the demonstration that William put on today, that's why Christian isn't in the starting 11 right now. That's why Christian is a substitution because if this William can maintain his presence, maintain his form, not be the punch card player that we've seen in previous seasons where the 10th match is great, but the nine up to him, boy, oh boy, are going to be a little rough and ragged. We have someone that is deserving of being the number 10 who is leading by example, who's making some killer diagonal runs across the pitch to pull people out of position and then change the direction of play. Brandon, it was a, it was a man of the match, day of the match performance from William today. And I think he definitely shut some of the haters up and really just showed his commitment and showed why he is continuing to earn selection from Lampard ahead of other players. Yeah. I I had someone kind of uh, tweeting me about that a little bit today. And I just said, you know, what a great role model for Christian to learn from right now uh, when William's in such a, a great form. He's literally showing all of these players what it is that Lampard wants. I mean, even the, the quote from Lampard on William's performance today was, quote, 
The one I want to talk about is William. He was absolutely immense. It's really easy to cast your eye towards the young lads, but the example of what William's doing on the ball, off the ball, the running, the energy, the speed, the quality, end quote. And I think it just goes to show, like, you have a perfect example of the the offensive and defensive responsibilities being balanced in a performance today. Because there's a couple of times where, you know, Aspie got, had to step up high and, 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 you know, they, a couple of players gambled on trying to win it. And William made some crucial uh, defensive runs back to, to break it up. And it, it was selfless. That is selfless running. When you don't know if you're going to get it or do anything, but you just know, hey, I got to book it. Um, that was great. And, and Christian's going to learn from that. Callum Hudson-Odoi is going to learn from that. I mean, it's not just exclusive. And Mount even, you know, doesn't really play that wide. Uh, he's just, he's coming good when we need him. And I know he's out of contract at the end of the season and there's these Barcelona links again and things like that. You know, who knows if, if he keeps playing like this, like I wouldn't be surprised if the club offer him, you know, uh, an extension now, whether or not he agrees to it, that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, it was really, really good to see William kind of create this run of consistency as well. Even seven out of 10, like you'll take that if that's his consistent and then he peaks every now and then throughout it. Yeah, I, I would say this, like it's been a couple of matches, right? Um, he's he's kind of had the most wing minutes this year in the Premier League. Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because the track record would show that he does have peaks and valleys throughout the Premier League season and finds it difficult to reach the kind of 10 goal margin that we would um, hold that, that position to. But I think the, the thing, so for me, if, if this is him, right, if he is going to end up putting in a shift that is in goal Conte adjacent every match in terms of effort, and he's able to get forward, score some goals, I would take a six goal season from him in the league if it meant that he's doing the other stuff, you know, there were times last year and the years prior where he wasn't doing the other stuff. And so it's a little harder to justify, but Lampard coming out and, and pointing to him immediately. If I was a manager, that's what I would point to. I mean, it's what Antonio Conte had to point to every time that N'Golo Conte played, which was like, yeah, yeah, Costa's crazy and Fabregas doing all this other good stuff. But like you see seven running around the field, doing everything for us. That's what I care about. Um, so I don't, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, Dan, but I think he, he may be in a really good spot right now. Absolutely. Without question. I mean, he's, he's doing what you would ask of him. He's leading by example. I think we could talk about it ad nauseum, but William is deserving of many plaudits right now. And, uh, you know, look, a happy William and a contributing William is a William that I want in my starting 11. Well, the Jorginho video, Brandon, at, you see the locker room yep. video? Yep. It's, it's great. It's great. It's great to see those guys gel, and you know, for the smiles to be around the locker room. I mean, it's obviously easier to smile after you win 4-1. And for mm-hmm. Jorginho to kind of give him the man of the match trophy was was great. But, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff that I think is genuine. At least it feels genuine, whether it is or not. I'm, I'm not sure. But... I, I love that. I thought it was great. All right. Well, we have to keep it short on Alonzo, essentially just giving him the praise that is due. 
Add up to Joe saying 26. Since returning to the Premier League in August 2016, Marcos Alonso has been directly involved in 26 goals through 100 games in the competition, which equates to 15 goals and 11 assists. And if you added woodwork hits in there, Dan, he'd probably be about a 47. Uh, this is the most of any defender since that time. Highly valued as a left back, left wing back. Uh, maybe even left center back at some point, maybe even left forward at some point. I mean, so far, again, keeping it short, Alonso is um, is proving himself a worthy fill-in while uh, Emerson is out. Well, here, here's the question. When the match started, for, for those at home, not, not within the podcast group here, did, were you concerned that Emerson, or were you even thinking about Emerson not being available in the squad? Because when I looked at the starting 11, I was like, oh, yeah, of course, this this all makes sense and this is good. Has Emerson provided ample challenges and contributions and probably helped to level up Alonzo a bit, which healthy competition should do this season? Yes. But I think in terms of actually playing as a left back today, helping out defensively, I think he had a very strong contribution. and. Did he get it caught out once or twice? Yes. But did he also have some really intelligent t- stand-up tackles that he was able to kind of quickly get the ball out, get it moving, get it kind of going in the right direction, Nick? I think, yeah. I mean, overall, he had a strong effort in a left-back role, not just in the left wing-back. And I think that is a positive thing to see, too. Yeah, I, I just give him a bunch of credit. Um, you know, I, I don't think... Even, you know, when, when Emerson comes back and is healthy, I don't think he's going to be first choice anymore. However, in in the time that he's been asked to spell, you know, an a, a injured teammate, he has done a very good job. You know, I think his first match was kind of rusty, but you'd expect that. He's been asked to play left wing back and left back. He's been paired with different center backs on that side. He's been paired with different forwards on, you know, up top. And I think his job is incredibly challenging. I think there's a lot of strain on him and Espilicueta on the wings. And he's done an outstanding job of, of keeping it all together. And, you know, when Fakayo was struggling today and, and played, I think still a very good match, but had a couple of like pretty loose moments, you know, Alonzo, um, while while he was kind of recovering from those, was making tackles, getting upfield, providing a, a pressure valve to release, um, you know, Keppa and Fakayo, and I thought that was just really smart from him, Brandon. So I think it just it's a very good sign that we have a little bit of depth and maybe more depth than we initially thought. It is good to see him uh, continue to stay a valuable asset of the team. I mean, that's all we want as fans is the, the players when they go in there to perform. It's that simple. Uh, all right, so the last point we want to talk about is, you know, it, it wasn't a DC-Marvel crossover officially, but later in the match, Mishi, Batman, Batshuayi, and Christian Captain America Pulisic were on the pitch together, and they linked up just like they were still wearing the black and yellow Bruce Dortmund. I mean, Dan, run us through the timeline, courtesy of Chelsea FC and USA. 79th minute, Christian Pulisic subbed on. 84th minute. Mishi Batshuayi subbed on. 89th minute, Christian Pulisic assist. Mishi Batshuayi, it's just that simple. It, it really was a easy goal for them to work together. Uh, Mishi, I think, had a, a really great presence in the box to work the shot and put it on an angle where Gunn was just going to have a lot of trouble with it. And 
you know, there's a, the photo of Christian before he makes the pass, Nick, and he basically has four, almost five people just zoning in directly on him and very reminiscent of his assist in the Super Cup. Like, he just draws people in. He's He's got magnetism to him when he's got the ball. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy Joe about this after the game, and um, all I wanted from Christian for this performance was for him to make a, a nuisance of himself, and I think he did that. Um, not only that, he provides a perfect back channel pass, which is incredibly hard to do and takes a specific vision that, you know, I would say that probably Mason has on the team. Maybe Pedro has, but I mean, you're starting to, to get a pretty small list there, Brandon. And I'm just really happy for him. I know it's been kind of a tumultuous couple weeks for him. He's frustrated, to come on, to make a nuisance of yourself for 10 minutes, which is not easy to do, and then to provide an inch-perfect pass that, that Mishi then, of course, finishes uh, with a plum was, was wonderful. And again, I think that you know, these, these things can be mutually together, right? You can root for him in the time that he is given. And you can root for the team to be up 3-1 when he comes on if he's going to be a sub. Whoa, 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 whoa. I thought those were mutually exclusive ideas. And there was no possibility that you could do both of them concurrently. I've done some big-time research here. And uh, I found through many different sources that you can actually support the team and really be happy for a player when they do well. I look look forward to your white paper on this. I really do. Um, but anyway, I, Brendan, uh, point being that this is an incredibly hard play to make. He had limited time to make a play and he'd made a play. And I think that's great. And, you know, if I were, if I were Lampard, I would be really happy that he's kind of done what I asked him to do in that period of time. To me, the best part of this is the weight of the pass. The weight of the pass is exquisite. Again, he's turning, there's people stepping to him, and he just lays this beautiful pass into the 18-yard box. Keeper can't come out. Defenders can't chase it back. It is just perfectly weighted for Mishi. And then he just cools the cucumber, slots it through Gunn's legs. I mean, just couldn't ask for it to be any better. And speaking of Michi. Speaking of add up to Joe, seven, seven of Mishi Batshuayi's eight Premier League goals for Chelsea have come as a substitute. Indeed, only Olivier Giroud, 13, has scored more of such goals since the competition or since August 2016 in the competition. Uh, Giroud's the only one with more goals as a substitute for Chelsea uh, than Mishi Batshuayi. And how many times has Mishi been gone since 2016? And that just goes to show you that, um, you know, it, you know, when given minutes, the guy scores. I get there's some inconsistency. Maybe his link-up play is not there. But, man, I tell you what, I super sub is his role this season. Well, they clearly know each other, too. I mean, their mm-hmm. movement together is super interesting. And if there is a moment where Tammy needs to be spelled or Willie needs to be spelled this year, and those two are on the field together. They have understanding, you know. Package and, and, deal, baby. Yeah, and, and that's and that's kind of exciting too to be able to bring on a couple of players who legitimately, you know, are hungry as hell to to play and who know each other from a movement perspective. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of pumped about that. Well, I mean, and Mishi was trying to set up Christian for a goal as well. I mean, there's you know. There was the the payback moment as well that looked like it was going to potentially pop off too, and that would have been great for Christian to get that Premier League goal. But 
it wasn't to be today. But I, I think having the benefit of maybe some uh, regular substitutions like a Mishi coming on for Tammy, like a Christian coming on for a Callum or a William to give him some rest, that would be great to see because that, that's showing depth, that's showing rotation, and they're also showing why they're pushing potentially into that starting 11 at some point if they can have that level of consistent performance, Brandon. It's going to be fun. They might as well, I mean, look, they need to be subbed on together. None of this five-minute break. If you're going to put Double Christian sub. on, put Mishi on as well, vice versa. Just do it right away. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. We do have the Dan of the Match poll. Uh, a little bit of complaining from one Dan Dormer on Twitter's inability to have more than four options. I mean, Why? Who else did you need today? Well, I mean, I would have only put one, but it doesn't let Kepa. you do a poll with one option. Yeah, clearly. Because it wouldn't be a poll. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a dictatorship. Um, no, so we put uh, Abraham, Jorginho, Mount, and William. Uh, I think the official Chelsea poll also had N'Golo Conte in there. But no surprise, William with 54% of the electorate, Jorginho with 24 Abraham with 12 and Mount with 10 on uh, over a thousand votes there. So uh, I think the, the people's choice aligns with our choice here in the podcast and the official Premier League man of the match as well. So bravo, William, on these plaudits and honors that you have earned. All right. Well, you know, as we always like to uh, wrap it up here, a little Premier League table action. Um, so as it stands right now, uh, the league's over. Game week eight, signed and sealed, Liverpool, 24 points on top of City, 16. That's it. City lost today. How many How many more matches are are, are there? Only 30. Okay. Well, then. Basically, none left. It's yeah. just going to be a long, slow march to the finish then. Eight points. You know? Can't come back from that. Arsenal in third after their win today. David Luiz scoring for them on 15 points. So, Arsenal only one point off City. Leicester City in fourth on 14 points, or Chelsea on f- in fifth. Um, unfortunately, Leicester have a better goal difference. And then knocking on our door on 14 points in six is Crystal Palace. So the table's still a little wonky. I know Gary I threw Cahill's that- Crystal Palace. It is Gary Cahill's Crystal Palace. I know I threw that out there when we were in London of, you know, when does the table start to really show its true colors? Uh, I would like to say now. I'm feeling better about it. <laughs> it's just convenient well, for me. I would also say that Burnley and West Ham are on 12, which Still is Still in the European slots. It's so funny. And then little club uh, called Tottenham is below them. And then an even smaller club, club called Man United is below them. So 7-2 at home. 7-2 yeah. at home. So, so I, you know... It's a weird it's a weird table. It'll it'll even out over time, but I think you know, if you look at like the trajectory of the teams in like the top 6 right now, you don't expect Palace to be there all year. You probably do expect Leicester to be there for quite some time. They're they got jobbed against Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, Arsenal has kind of weathered some storm, which is interesting. Um Tottenham in complete meltdown. Man United somehow in a worse meltdown than Tottenham. <laughs> like this is it's so it's such a weird year in the trajectory of Chelsea with all this young talent. Uh, I feel pretty good about where we're at uh, eight matches in. It's like a melt off between those two. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look from a, you know you look at it with with Arsenal, right? They won two of their last three. 
um, two of their last five, so they've drawn quite a few matches this season. Um, you know, we've won four, they've won four. Now they've drawn three, we've only drawn two. They only have one loss. Arsenal, I just feel like they have more than one loss this season, but they're just they're clinging on with those draws. And so, um, you know, the good news though is they only have a plus two goal difference. You're talking about they are solely relying on Aubameyang to carry them this season. So. Uh, the way it looks right now, Chelsea are only getting stronger. A lot of these other teams, you don't really see much more to come back for them. Uh, and that's why I think we're positive. Now, you still have to go out and get the results and do the business. But this is why, you know, as Chelsea fans, we we feel like uh, we're in a really strong situation. Um, so, yeah, that that's it. I think I think I think we'll call it there, guys. Oh, uh, well, hey, one final thought. One final okay. thought. Just yeah, for go the weekend. For it. Chelsea under 18s win 4-1 this weekend. Chelsea under 16s win 6-1. Chelsea under 15s won the Premier League International Tournament. Very, very good weekend for Chelsea, not just for the first team, but for the academy teams as well. And uh, if you haven't yet, go back and listen to our interviews with Phil at Chelsea Youth. We did some really, really deep diving, had a chance to meet up with him in London. It was fantastic. But get yourself educated on the academy because it's not just the first team. That is blown by teams right now, scoring tons of goals, having lots of fun. It's the entire Chelsea sphere that is in a positive forward motion right now. Well, and I would also say for, for our friends in the States who, you know, have, have wanted to buy us beers at some point, uh, we will be in Austin, Texas in three weeks. Y'all. Um, y'all. Um, we're going to have some inferior barbecue. We're going to... <laughs> Brutal. We're going to talk... Uh, you know, talk a little Chelsea. We're going to probably do a little bit of recording while we're there. And uh, yeah, we're just super pumped to, to get down to Austin. It's an awesome city and uh, we're, we're excited to meet everybody. So if you are going, hit us up on Twitter or, or you know, through, uh, through Facebook and we will 100% try and corral people into a spot where we can share a beverage and have some fun. We are looking forward to that. But again, Chelsea fans, that's it for this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to try to come up with some stuff uh, to help us pass by another <laughs> international break. It's just, Boo. yeah, it's not really what Boo. we signed up for, but it is, uh, you know, it is a part of the schedule. So uh, let us know if there's something you'd like to hear specifically. Otherwise, you know, we'll be back after the break uh hopefully more content coming at you guys soon but again thank you so much for listening talk to you on social media talk to via email until next time chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying high